0: No sin is so great, no bitterness so deep, that God's grace cannot transform the heart and rewrite the story. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Grace is hard for us to understand sometimes. It doesn't make sense, and it's really not fair. In reality, nothing is more difficult to explain than God's grace. Maybe the best way is just to experience it. Join us as we explore that experience. All right, before he gets out of here, let's give it up for Troy, who always brings this table over here and sets it up, all of our ushers. And, you know, he's a friend of mine, and he knows I love him, but I can't think of a better example as I'm talking about despair today. He's a San Diego Padres fan, so um, I just say, Troy, there's hope if you become a Dodger fan. That's just... That was just too easy. So I say that to you and all of you that are online. Hello to all of you here. Um, hello. I love that last song. I want to see a what? I want to see a victory. Is there anyone in here that wants to see a victory? A victory in your own life. Do you know that's okay? That's not selfish, especially when it comes to your heart and the things that we're talking about. I hope and pray that you are praying for a victory in your life, that you're not just surrendering, that you're not just throwing in the flag, but that you are saying, you know what, Lord, with especially this topic today, I'm praying for a victory, and I want to just get in there a little bit. Some of us, you know, as we're talking about hope is greater than despair, some of us are holding way too much value in despair, too, too much value in holding on and it's kind of like you're in the ocean and you got a 50 pound weight around your neck. You're not going to win, right? And some of us have allowed ourselves to be so wrapped up in hopelessness and so wrapped up in despair that we don't even realize it ourselves. That the devil is grabbing a hold, or just our own pride is grabbing a hold of us. So this, port, this message is so important today. I, I, I look and live for the Bible. It says, this is the day that the Lord has what? Made. Made. Therefore, we want to what? Rejoice and be glad in it. This Bible also says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. So that's where we're going today. We get to close out this series. Grace is greater. It's been a five-week journey, Um, and you know, I was thinking as I was preparing the message, I'm like, "Yeah, that second service online crowd—they're sharp." Amen. Hey, that's like the biggest amen I've heard in a while from you guys. Yeah, feeling good about yourselves. This is good. So I, 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 you know, I did some heavy reading this week. I know some of you are like Pastor Rob, heavy reading. Yeah, I did. So, can I share some with you? I brought the book. What? (laughs) What? You're judging by the size of the book? It's called What Should Danny Do on Vacation. (laughs) Some of you are already Amazoning it and getting it this afternoon. Oh, it's good. You know why it's good? It's got pictures. Pastor Rob likes books with pictures. The bigger the pictures, the less, the least amount of words. But you know, uh, I, I, I learned something. Uh, uh, children's books have changed uh, as everything else has changed. And, and this change actually started a little while ago. This is, I think, a new series. And um, I actually almost read the whole thing in one setting. That, that's probably pretty good. Um, but, but, but what I learned is that um, books are becoming more and more interactive. And so like in this, this little book, it's really cool. So like, like you're reading along and then like at the bottom of this page, it says, what should Danny do? I'm like, oh my gosh, what should he do? And then it says, say no to Charlie. No, don't say no to Charlie. But it gives me another option. Tell Charlie that he'll give it to him when he's done playing. And if I choose number one, I go to page 12. And if I choose number two, I go to page 20. You know what's cool? There's all kinds of different stories in this according to the choices I make. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, this guy's whacked. And some of you are like, please read it. (laughs) Bedtime with Pastor Rob. but, but, But here's the point. Here's the point. What I've learned about this book, and then, and then let me make sure I got this right. There's a series that's been out for a long time, and, and, and I got woo uh, in the first service on this. Uh, the Adventures of Children's Books. The Adventures of Children's Books. So those have, check this out. They've sold 250 million copies of these. So those books are a little bit like this book. And the whole gist of these is that you get to choose where you go in the story. And according to your choices, that's how the story ends. And as I was kind of researching a little bit, what what makes these books popular, think about this, not just for children, but for us grownups, is that we're in control of the story. Did you catch that? We get to say when something happens and when it doesn't and how it gets to end. And if I'm honest, I want control of my story. And I think if you're honest, you want control of your story. And what we don't like is when our story gets to a chapter and there's hopelessness. When our story gets to a chapter and there's despair, and then we think that's the end of the story. Are you following me? And some are sitting here even today or listening online and you're living it right now. Like you're living in, the word despair is really lack of hope. And some of us are in that right now. And this is why this message is so important for us to close out this series. Because I don't think there's a lot of people chanting hope out there in the world. Are you with me? But I, I am telling you, I'm giving everything I have to preach this. And, and, and what, what, you, what you don't know, and I'm going to be a little vulnerable here, is I woke up at 2.30. I did not go back to sleep. And for some reason, I just couldn't go back to sleep. And that's not a normal thing uh, lately. <laughs> but as I was at breakfast having an extra cup of coffee, so is it the coffee or Holy Spirit? You're going to have to figure this out. I hope it's the Holy Spirit. I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not, I'm not giving, I don't want to give the devil too much credit, but is it possible that I was restless, or is it possible that I woke up and couldn't get back to sleep? Because the devil does not want us to hear this message today. And I want to tell you, I'm giving everything I got because our world needs to know that hope is greater than despair. And I don't have the answer, but God has the answer. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for giving me up for another service. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for every person that made the choice to be here today. God, we all have a story that's being written and, and some of us like exactly where it's going and the choices we made and some of us are just like so done And so wrapped up in despair and and, and are just barely holding on. God, you know our thoughts. You know our heart. You know where we're at. Through your Holy Spirit, will you meet us where we're at and take us to where you want us to be, God. And we're going to ask that you help us. Because especially when we're in despair, especially when we don't have hope, it's so hard to see. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you remove any barrier to us seeing hope. And God, let us walk out of here different, as Aaron said earlier. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. You see, Kyle Eidelman wrote in his book, uh, Grace is Greater. He wrote this. When God is the author of your story, you can trust that his grace will have the final word. God's grace can what? God's grace can what? God's grace can redeem anything. Yes, even whatever you're sitting in despair of, God can redeem that. The story is not over. Your story does not end with despair. But you got to choose. So here's, here's, here's two points. <laughs> you're like, wow, that's two points more than what you usually have, Pastor. Well, hold on. You have to decide if they're good or not. First point is this. Life is hard. Can I hear an Amen can we just admit it? Like sometimes even as Christians, we have to go, oh, everything's fine. And like your inside is just falling apart, right? Oh, praise Jesus. None of you've done that, right? Today, in the last two minutes. But there's almost this peer pressure of that, right? Oh, I'm a Christ father. So, so, So life is hard. It's okay to admit it. And Mm, I think we're okay age-wise. It sucks sometimes. Am I allowed to say that? It does. It just does. And it's not fair. And so if you're taking notes, write that down. Life is hard. So I told you the, the, the definition for despair is loss or absence of hope. Loss or absence of hope. So there's kind of like light despair, like, oh, someone recommended a restaurant and I went there and um, I just didn't like it, you know, it's like, oh, I had so much hope for a good meal and it just, oh, it just wasn't so good. Right? And then there's the, you know, 2017. I'm a Dodger fan. We haven't won the World Series in 29 years. I get to go to game seven at Dodger Stadium. The series is tied at three. Whoever wins the game is going to be World Series champions. I'm going to be in the seats when the Dodgers are the world champions. And it was the greatest game ever until it started. (laughs) And all the Dodgers fans said, Amen. There was a star, you, Darvis. He's going to be the pitcher. Before you know it, I think we were down like five nothing in the first two innings, you know? So, you know, all hope turned to despair. You know, those things are cute. I mean, the reality is, I mean, some people take that a little too serious. I could laugh at it, you know, kind of. <laughs> then we found out the Astros are cheaters. But anyways. <laughs> but then there's real stuff. You wake up to your car being repoed at 3 o'clock in the morning. You open up the door and you're being served papers that you didn't know were coming. You open up a bill that you had forgotten about. Something, something happens to one of your children. Something happens to one of your house. Something, I mean, the list goes on of some stuff that really wraps us up right here. And that's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about life is hard. Um, I've shared this with you guys and you know it. And and, and it's not a, please don't hear like, oh, poor was me. Sometimes, honestly, I do feel that way. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. But most of the time it's like, all right, that's what God has wired me for. That's what you've signed up for as as, as a pastor. But the last two weeks have been hard um, in our church's life. And I don't mean like as a whole, but just people that sit in the purple chairs, first service, second service, Online um, the stuff i 've been hearing for the last two weeks um, it breaks my heart it breaks my heart and um, it 's serious it 's serious stuff and and, and here 's the reality you don 't have to be a pastor to be around people and hearing hard stories amen um, you know what 's going on in our world the ukraine uh, the war you know and You know we've we've got some people that are heavily involved missionaries that we support for I think over close to thirty years and I'm on a feed and I get daily updates of real stories that are happening and it's hard not to to not lose hope you know it's like ah can you yeah life is hard I want you to open up your Bibles. And I want you to go to Genesis 3. And as you're going to Genesis 3, I want to remind you, life has not always been hard. Right? I mean, Genesis 1 and 2 is awesome. (laughs) God creates the world. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I hope some of you gone on vacation and got to see parts of the world that you haven't seen or parts of our state or parts of our country. I mean, it's good. And if you forgot how good it is, just go hang out at the beach this afternoon. Okay. Uh, that's one of my favorites. But God is good. It, it's not, hasn't always been bad. Relationship. Adam and Eve. Good. Fruit. Good. It wasn't sour apples. It was perfect apples. It wasn't all chalky apples. It was good apples. You know, the smells were good in the garden. I mean, everything was good. Everything wasn't just good. Everything was perfect. Chapter one, chapter two, all good. And then we get to chapter three. And I don't know if your Bibles have titles, but mine does. And at the top of chapter 3, mine says, the fall. Bum, bum, bum. The fall. Everything was good, and then boom. Can you relate to that? Everything's good, and then boom. And that's where hope turns to despair, and that's where hope turns to hopelessness, and that's where, wow, where did this come from? And you look. In Genesis chapter 3, verse One, it says, now the serpent, there it is. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? Go on, read the rest of it tonight. But I share that because this is where the change is. You know, evil, it's good and evil. It was just good before. Now we got good and evil. Now we got free will, which is a blessing and a curse, amen? Because sometimes I make a good choice, and sometimes I make a bad choice. How about you? And so despair finds itself in there. Despair comes because we bring it upon ourselves, or despair comes because we're around people that bring it upon ourselves, or we're just living in an environment that has it. Are you with me? And so we're not gonna blame and point fingers as to where despair comes, but it's there. Life is hard. And the drama started. Disobedience started in the garden, excuses, hiding, hunger, um, um, pain, nakedness. And I think free will has continued to lead to the majority of despair. And I use that, that, that sentence intentionally. Did you hear that? Most of, most of suffering comes as a result of free will. And this is a theological statement that Pastor Rob really believes because a lot of people will say, well, the devil did this or God did this. And, and you know what? God could do whatever he wants because he's God. But God doesn't have to introduce suffering because we do a pretty good job of it ourselves. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. And so we gotta be careful on that, but God will use despair. I don't think he brings it, but he will use it. Free will led to most of the despair, pain, and suffering in scripture, and I believe the same is true today. Like I said, my weakness is I care about people. My strength is I care about people. Did you catch that? Like, I I say it this way. My strength is I care about people. My weakness is I care about people too much. So when I hear about your hurt, when I sit with you in your pain, I feel it, like literally feel it. And I've had to learn, you know, get, get it from here to there. But like you, I hope, I, I'm still growing in that, right? Are you with me? I'm still growing in that. But I don't want to see people in despair, do you? I don't want to see people in despair, do you? I don't want to see people without hope. And so I want to come alongside and share hope. Hebrews chapter twelve, fifteen, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up and causes trouble and defiles many. You see, Adam and Eve, they had despair. Cain and Abel, despair, Abraham, Sarah, despair, Noah, despair, Moses, despair, Rahab, despair, the prophets, despair, Nehemiah, despair, Ruth despair. The list goes on. And what about David, the man after God's own heart? The scripture also tells us that he struggled with hopelessness. Amen? Amen. Read Psalms if you don't believe me. So we're not bad people to lose hope. We're not bad people to have despair. It's just part of who we are. But we can't let that be the chapter that defines us. That can't be the end of the story. That's what the evil one would want. But God has a different plan. Romans chapter eight twenty eight. Does anyone know that scripture? It's a great scripture. Let's read it together. And we know that in all things, God works for the what? Good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. See, here's the reality. God wants to turn that life is hard into God is good. And that's the second part. Amen. That's the second part. Can you say life is hard? Life is hard. Do it with just an ugly face. Life is hard. Pain, ah, life is hard. But God is good. Can we say that? God is good. Can we say it again? God is good. Now, more than those words coming out of your mouth, do you believe that God is good? And that's where I want to hang out the rest of this message. And we know that in all things, no matter what the despair is, no matter what the challenge is, no matter what the heartache is, no matter what the struggle is, God is good, it says, in all things. So, I want to do this. Instead of reading a story in the Old Testament, which we could, instead of reading a story about a life in the New Testament, which we could, or specifically in the Gospels, a parable, which we could, I just chose to do something I don't think I've done in a long time. And that's, I just want to share some powerful scriptures with you that you could write down, that you can memorize. It's probably in your bulletin. It's all printed there, but highlighted in your Bible that will help you to go from despair to hope. Wink, wink for that person that needs it, right? Because nobody in here. Ready? Ready? Matthew chapter 11, 28. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Jesus says, who's saying this? Jesus. Jesus says, come to me. Is that cool? The son of God who has all authority and power in heaven, according to Matthew chapter 28, 18, says, come to me all, all, all you who are weary and burdened, filled with despair, and I'll give you what? I'll give you rest. Church, I could go curl up in my office right now, lay my head on that pillow and get some sleep. Now I say that, some of you are sleeping already. (laughs) This body needs rest. And you know what? This is not the body that needs rest. My soul needs rest. My emotions need rest. I'm no different than you, right? And Jesus, the Son of God, says, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Are you learning from Jesus? Are you learning from the world? Learn from me. For I'm, I'm this, I'm gentle and I'm what? You mean the Son of God who has all authority and power in heaven that, that, that could snap his finger and do anything and stop anything and make anything and be anything? He's gentle and humble in heart. And guess what? You're going to find rest for your what? For For your soul. My soul needs rest. It needs rest from despair. It needs rest from hopelessness. It needs rest from life is hard. It needs rest from all the crud this world is bringing and all the crud I'm bringing to the world. For my yoke, Jesus said, is easy and my burden is light. Can we all just take a deep breath and blow it out? Like I said, life is coming at us so fast and so hard. Some of us need to just take a deep breath, unwind, call a time out, and live out this verse. Psalms 46, God is our what? He's our refuge and he's our strength and ever-present help in what? in trouble. You see, a lot of times for some reason we've portrayed in the church and outside the church that we've got to get everything figured out, fixed up, cleaned up, and then we could come in there and present ourselves to God. And God's like, no, I came for the sick, not the healthy. So we don't need to get all cleaned up, fixed up before we come to him. And again, some of us are so ashamed and so filled with all the stuff we've been talking about the last month that we're not going to the very place that we need to go to. Again, take a deep breath. Surrender your pride. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Psalms nine. the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Mark chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are what? All things are possible. And some of you are looking at your children going, oh my gosh, what is going on here? These must be somebody else's. And if they're not somebody else's, they need to be somebody else's at this moment because I'm going nuts. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Some of you got some financial stuff that you're just going, what in the world? With man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. You're looking at a relationship, family issues, marriage issues, parenting issues, work relationship issues. The key is relationships. And you're looking at it going, this is messy. This is beyond messy. This is crazy. This is impossible. There's too much pain. There's too much heartache. There's too much history. There's too much mess. And you're right. If you're trying to figure it out yourself, you're not going to get there. But invite God into the equation. In all of these things where there's despair, God is bigger or he's a liar. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Hebrews chapter 13:5: "Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have." because God said, "Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you." The promise is He's with us all the time, even in despair. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. Paul, I think it's in 2 Corinthians 11 or 12, he gives a list of how he's been chased by bandits and robbers and how he's been stoned and it's not this stoned and it's, 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 uh, he, he, he's, he's been threatened to be killed and, 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 he just gives this list of all this stuff and he could be just sitting there going, ah! But he says himself, I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I, he didn't say I could do all things through myself. I can do all things through Christ. And then we know John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the answer. You see, hope is greater than despair. Yes, life is hard, but what? God is good. Life is hard, but what? God is good. Do you believe that? You guys remember Pastor Glenn Kirby? It's funny, I, I said that at uh, first service and uh, I'm gonna do it now. Raise your hand if you ever knew Pastor Kirby. All right, yep, almost exactly the same. We, we said this at staff about a month ago. We're like, I bet you there's about a fourth of our congregation today that does never, has never met Pastor Kirby. Yeah. It's true. Like, the man, and if you don't know who Pastor Kirby is, he was the founding pastor. He was a lead pastor for 40 years and then an associate to me. We switched seats for five years, Miss him, got to talk to him uh, this week. He and Carolyn uh, doing well with the whole mob out there. And, uh, and I don't mean a gang, but a gang. Um, <laughs> but I want to say, something. I'm going to share something. I've never shared, I've never shared this. And actually Carolyn and Glenn will hear this because they listen every week. Um, one of the things that that really defined pastor, and I, I'm going to talk about Glenn because I really never talked to Carolyn much about this. I never talked to Kim. I never talked to Carly, but Glenn and I, um, I knew. So, um, you know, Glenn, at, being a pastor is hard, and Glenn, Glenn took us through some hard things. One of the things was um, when I first became a Christian at the church, and I think it was 87, 88. The church, <laughs> maybe maybe it was because of me. <laughs> the church had its one and only split it was like 50 people were really mad and left at the Pastor Glenn and and the the elders at that point and a decision they made. And that was hard to watch as a new Christian. I mean, (laughs) these people didn't go (laughs) without saying their their feelings. And um, so I've watched him walk through some hard things. Uh, Building this building, you know, the, 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 the shovel went in the dirt, And this building was starting to be built. And then three months later, we hit the recession in 2008. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot involved in that. But the hardest thing. I was doing college ministry. I think I was probably in my late 20s. And we were at the Highlander campus. We were renting an elementary school right off of Platt. And we had finished an event. It was late at night. And I was walking through the parking lot. I can remember like yesterday, there's no lights in this parking lot. It was dark. Pastor Kirby must've just been coming out of a meeting or something. And so we kind of crossed paths. And uh, he's like, Rob, I gotta tell you something. And this, he tells this story from his standpoint, but um, they had just found out that their youngest daughter, Kim, was pregnant at 15 years old. And um, that that. That really rocked um, their world. And especially Pastor Kirby, if you know his heart and, and such, it was like that was, he, he's a strong man. He could endure anything, but that was going to be a hard one. And I remember hearing words out of his mouth that night that I, I mean, he's my, well, I do this, but he's this. this. <laughs> well, he's somewhere there. I mean, but his faith of a giant, right? Amen, Pastor Kirby. I mean, just, just a A great guy. But he was shaken. It was like a Hoover vacuum cleaner got sucked to his soul and it just sucked everything out of him. And I was scared. I was scared for him. And that Sunday, at the end of the service, they closed the service off with the family standing in front. And I don't remember who shared it, if it was Pastor Kirby or Kim shared what happened. And I know he was wondering how the church was going to respond. I can remember like yesterday. Everybody got up, walked to the front, circled this family, laid hands on them, loved up on them, and prayed for them. You're like, Pastor, why are you sharing that? Because that is a beautiful story of hope is greater than despair. Kim went on to have that baby. Uh, That baby's, gosh, probably in his 30s right now. Kim went on to get married. I think she had another 11 or 12 kids. I can't remember. Um, we'll just call it 12 total. <laughs> she's like this little... <laughs> and uh, she's just great. Her husband's great. That's why they moved. They, they just wanted to spend time with these, these grandkids. You know, the chapter of despair there was not the end of the story. And as we read scripture, you know, we read about some of these people and there's more despair than good probably in this book, right? It's stories of people that went through hard times, but their chapters didn't end. Their stories didn't end at the despair. If God was invited into the story, there was so much more to be written. Are you with me? And that's true for us today, no matter how young we are or how old we are. God's not done with you. He's not done with the story. One of pastor's favorite um, Bible verses that he would share, Pastor Kirby, is Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us, right? He who died did not spare his own son, but gave him up to us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus died. More than that, who was raised to life? It is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or swords, or despair? No! No, he says, is the answer in Romans chapter 8. No, in all things we are more than what? We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, I'm convinced, Paul says, I'm convinced that neither life, nor death, nor taxes, nor debts, nor broken marriages, nor bad parenting, nor any struggles with the government, or pastor Rob, or whatever, neither angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor death nor anything else in all creation. Anything else in all creation will be able to separate us. That That's right, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Not their Lord, our Lord. I hate that any of you would be living in despair right now. But more importantly, God hates that. Because he sent his one and only son to die for us. Because hope is greater than despair. First Peter says it this way, In chapter 1, verse 3, praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into what? A living hope. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. It says this, we have this hope as an anchor for the what? An anchor for the soul. I want to close this whole series with a story. And I've shared this story many times, and I'll share it many more. Anytime I speak about grace, I'm brought back to Lamache, Chile. You know, I went there, I think it was eight to ten times. We ended up planting a church there. But one of my first visits, probably close to 19 years ago, a guy by the name of Pastor Tito uh, said, I'd love for you to... Um, <laughs> I'd love for you to go to prison with me. <laughs> what kind of crime are we going to commit? <laughs> he says, no, I have a ministry there. And I was like, all right. I was scared. I had only been a few times to prisons here, and that was enough. But to be in at that time, especially kind of a third world country, this area, LaMache Children is just out in the middle of nowhere. We get in the vehicle. I can't remember who's with us, but we pull up in front and it's just this cinder block wall that just goes forever. And it's just old and it's peeling the paint off. And there's no, there's no windows, there's no nothing. There's one little opening. And we walk over this opening and it's this big steel door. And it's just like the movies, kind of like a Western, you know? And we, uh, Pastor Tito knocks on it and then that little slit opens. And you see two little eyes. And they open up the door, Pastor Tito, and this and that. And the next thing you know, they grab me. They put me in a room separate. They have me stripped down. They check me all out. They ask for my passport. That's not smart, what I'm telling you. I did it. Um, so I, I surrender everything. They lead us to this gate. They unlock it. They open it. We get in there. And I look around, and all those guys that had the machine guns are now on the other side. And I'm in a courtyard with all the prisoners, the criminals. And I'm scared to death. Pastor Tito says, stay close to me. And I'm like, you don't have to tell me that. I'm not going to go wander over there, you know, and go play dice. dominoes over there. He takes me up these stairs, and we go into a jail cell. It's the only one at that time in all of South America where they allowed two cells to become one. They took the wall in between Still a really small cell, four beds stacked up, four beds stacked up, four beds stacked up, four beds stacked up, 16 beds in there. Uh, Close to 30 men were in this room. They all greeted you, the kiss and chile and hug, and they started to worship. Still to this day, the best worship I've ever heard. I love our worship here. I love worship in other places, but these guys just belted it and it was crazy. I began to speak. I sat down, I began to speak. I got a tap on my shoulder, the translator says he wants your Bible. You know, he could have everything here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm speaking, speaking, probably I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. I get done speaking, and they're doing some stuff. And the guy that took my Bible taps my shoulder, and he hands me this. My Bible had no cover on it. He handed me this Bible, and he smiled, and he says, "Potato, for you." And through the translator, I found out that he made this leather Bible cover by himself in prison. It was beautiful at the time. It's been all over the world and thrashed now. And I was just blown away. I'm like, I don't even know this guy. I didn't do anything to deserve this. And I'm thanking him for the sacrifice. And then I open up the Bible and and you can see right here, can you see that? The white. I was like, oh, oh, what's that? And then through the translator, he says, You see the picture that's in his hand? That's his family. He says, That's where he had his family's picture glued. Have the Bible in the cover back. I can't do this. You know, I was just broken and felt so grateful that this man that had nothing gave me everything. I didn't deserve it. And my Bible was wrapped in grace. Church, you know where I'm going, don't you? He tapped on my shoulder. He died on the cross. And he said, look at what you're wearing now. Forgiveness of sins, the gift of the Holy Spirit, life everlasting with me. Your debt is fully paid. You don't deserve it. You did nothing to earn it. But that's what's beautiful about grace. Hope is greater than despair. Will you accept his grace? And all God's people said, Father, help us. Help us not to walk out of here without having said yes to putting on grace. Help us to take off regret. Help us to take off brokenness. Help us to take off wounds. Help us to take off despair. Help us to take off all those other things that we choose to wear and let us put on the jacket of grace. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.